you know, the past few weeks I've been speaking about uh, out of Ezekiel 37 where he said, Son of man, prophesy. And there's been an awakening on the inside of me, if you will, of uh, just the importance and the power in the declaration. Amen. We're created in the image of God. We saw that. We saw, uh, you know, I'm not going to go through and, and re-preach all that. We talked about the first Adam and the last Adam are Jesus. And in the middle there was the, the uh, second Adam, which was the man who was made in the image of God. But the, uh, what I want us to, to see is that he was dealing with then in, uh, in Adam and, and there in Ezekiel 37, he was dealing with them as he said, son of man. So he was dealing with them from the position of a man on the earth, especially there in Ezekiel 37. If we look at Genesis, it's a separate account because when he created man, he created him in his image, his stamp, and he created him with authority on the earth. But in Ezekiel 37, their sin had entered in. So that man that he was talking to had been come upon by the spirit of the living God. And he said, now prophesy to the bones. And he said, can they live? And he said, prophesy. So that man had to make a declaration. I believe if you study history, you study church history, there wasn't a move of God without a, pro- a, a prophet or a proclamation of what God said he was going to do. Are you with me? It's not that God cannot. It's the way that God moved. Is because God gave man what? In Genesis, he said he had given man what? Authority, dominion on the earth, right? God doesn't give and take back. He gave man authority on the earth. So for God to come, how did Jesus come? He came as a man. But before he came, were they those that prophesied? Yes. Look in Isaiah. Look in the Psalms. They were those who prophesied of exactly what Jesus would look like when he came. Right? So I, I believe that what God is stirring up in his people in this day is those who will see like he sees and say what he says. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. Why was that? Was that just because he was Jesus? No, he was setting for us uh, a precedent that says this is how you see heaven on earth. We see heaven on earth when we do what Jesus did. What did he do? He didn't just walk about doing good. He did, but he walked about doing good, teaching, preaching, and healing the sick. But he came declaring who the Father is, not who the Father was. He came declaring who the Father is. And I believe that's who we are to be, is those who declare who the Father is, not who he was. I'm telling you, I love worship. You know I love worship, but... Today was rich, and I just, I look this way, man. There are so many places you can go and get a fix, but there are not a lot of places where you can go and you can have intimacy with the Lord, and he can just sing over you. I mean, a lot of the stuff that came out, if you'll notice, the reason there weren't lyrics on the screen is because it was a new song coming from the Lord. Come on. That's times of refreshing that he's sending. That's him just declaring over you, his love over you. And as we were singing that one song, Our God Reigns, what just kept rising up on the inside of me is two passages of Scripture. One, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 says this, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. We sang the waves and winds still know his name. 
Come on. I believe that there's still too much in the body of Christ of us talking to God about the ways and winds instead of talking to the ways and winds about God. I'm telling you from experience in my life, it's so easy when opportunities arise to get our eyes on the opportunities and not on him and then start talking to him about what's going on instead of talking to what's going on about him. He said, love has been perfected among us, made complete among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? How can we have boldness in the day of judgment? Because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is where? Right now, seated in heaven. As he is. So how is he right now? Our God what? So as he is right now, our God reigns, right? Our God reigns. That's as he is right now. Not as he was on the cross. Too many people who call themselves believers live from the cross instead of from the resurrection. They live from where sin met judgment, and they focus on that instead of focusing on where death met life. (laughs) There's a huge difference. As he is, verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So 17 says, love has been perfected, made complete among us in this. Why? That we can have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because Jesus didn't just die for sin. He resurrected and conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave. He conquered it. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. You know, I thank the Lord for opportunities that he gives us to confront fear. I used to fear those opportunities. But now I'm thankful because it shows me areas in my life where love hasn't been perfected in me. No matter what it is, with the the fire department, some of the things that I'm I'm learning, some of the training that we do, it puts you in a situation where you could die. That's what they want you to do. They want you to know that this is what could happen. This is how you could get stuck, all this, and you could die. And I'll be honest with you, that doesn't make me have warm and fuzzy feelings. Doesn't. It might have made you have warm and fuzzy feelings, firemen on the front row, but it didn't me. Something else rose up on the inside of me, and I had to get control of that thing and say, you know what? This is, one, this is just a test. Two, I win. No matter what, I win, but it's given me opportunities. I'm just being transparent. It's given me opportunities to see areas in my life where I've just because I didn't deal with them. Because, see, that's what we do. When there's a fear, many times what we do is we push it far away from us where we don't have to deal with it. Instead of confronting it, we push it away, and we try not to deal with that circumstance or situation, and we try to remove ourselves from it so that it's no longer a threat to us. And, and, and we can talk ourselves into feeling like or thinking that we've got it under control when in reality all we're doing is ignoring it. Perfect love, what I'm telling you is perfect love gives you the power to confront it. There's a difference. There's a difference. Perfect love gives us the power to confront it. He said in 1 John, love has been perfected among us in the, in the day of judgment. We may have boldness 
Because as he is, so are we in this world. John, uh, Romans chapter 5. We've been talking about Adam and, and things, so I'm going to just jump right there. Romans chapter 5, verse 14. I think I may have shared some of this one of the two weeks prior to this. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness or transgression of Adam, who is the type of him who is to come. Remember we talked about that, the word type? There's a stamp. So there was the original that made the stamp. He was the first Adam. If you didn't hear that, go back the next two weeks and listen. You'll be blessed, I promise. I was. Uh, Verse 15, But the free gift's not like the offense, for by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. So he's saying that the grace of God, that gift of God's grace abounds to many. Verse 16, the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgments which came through from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Wow! That, the free gift that came through one man, the man Christ Jesus, resulted in justification. All right, I don't mean to ask you many times, to raise your hand, but I'm going to today. We want full participation. How many of you, since you have been born again, have done something wrong? It doesn't mean that you, all right, I just want to clear it up. It doesn't mean that you had adultery, that you went out and got wasted, that you drunk, drunk driver. I'm not saying that. You understand what I'm saying? Sin simply means to miss the mark. It means you're not perfect. Okay, I want to help you out. How many of us can agree? All right. That we've missed it. And when that happened, did you feel happy or did you feel condemned? You felt condemned. Why? Because of the sin of that one man that was transgressed. It passed down, I mean, to every one of us. So when we did what, and you know what? It can be something that we did in rebellion. It can be other things when we just knew that we were supposed to do something and we didn't. And that feeling of condemnation comes in, right? We don't have to be taught that. That came through sin, through the curse. What I'm saying is this. That came from the the middle Adam. The first Adam had a plan. The last Adam consummated the plan. They're one and the same, Jesus. And through that, he said here in this verse that the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. So what does that mean? What are you saying? Why are you so stirred up? Here's what I'm saying. I am believing God for a generation of people, and I'm not talking about an age group. I'm talking about the Christ generation out of Matthew, the 14th generation of those believers in the last day. There's rising up those that even when they fall, what comes to them is justification, not condemnation. Not justification because of their works, but justification because of the work of the man, Christ Jesus. That our attention goes not to ourselves and our shortcoming, but our attention comes to him. That's true humility. That even in the midst of a mistake, we can look and say, I'm righteous because of what Jesus did, not because of what I do. That changes everything. Because in that, you can miss it, but then still feel know that you're qualified to make it. Because what happens many times when we evaluate ourselves, we can miss it, and then another opportunity will present itself, and we will talk ourselves out of that opportunity because we're condemned. Condemnation came through one man. Justification came through the other man. We should walk in justification. 
because Jesus paid a high price for it. That does not make light of sin. It makes much of Jesus. It says this, I choose to believe that when he died for my sin, he did once and for all that covered that, and I am redeemed and I am righteous. Just as one man made me condemned, the other man has made me justified. I didn't sin Adam's sin. I didn't eat the fruit in the garden. I didn't walk in rebellion in that way. But because of that sin, the sin nature was, trans- it was passed down, transferred to every man, every woman born after him. The same way that when we get born again and his spirit comes to live on us, inside of us, 1 John talks about that we have his seed in us. That word seed there is sperma. It's, the exact, it's where we get our word where we procreate. It literally means his DNA, his spiritual DNA is placed in us. (laughs) He sees us differently. That's why verse 17 says, because now we have boldness in the day of judgment. In what? Listen. (laughs) It is, ah, I'm down. In the day of judgment, we have boldness when, when our own actions seem to judge us. That as he is, so am I. Why? Because of what he did, not what we do. Verse 17 of Romans chapter 5. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. He clarifies it. What is it? It's a gift, not an earning of righteousness. A gift of righteousness will do what? Reign in life. How? Through the one, Jesus Christ. Our God does what? Our God reigns. Our God reigns. And he said, and I have given you authority on the earth, That you can reign too. Because as he is, so are we. But we will not reign with with condemnation mindedness. Hebrews even says that. He said if if there wasn't a... a, Oh, man, I just... Oh, that was cool. Uh, If our heart doesn't condemn us, then we have confidence before God. Romans 8 says, there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. So we can know from the scriptures. He said here, one man brought condemnation. The next man, the last Adam, he brought justification. So when condemnation comes, we can know where it didn't come from. It didn't come from the Lord. We can know that it's a distraction. It's there to get our eyes off of the one who paid the price so that we could walk in boldness before him. Not arrogance, boldness. Are you with me? He said, those who have set their eyes in that manner, they'll receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. They will reign in life. Man, I I hope you get this. Our God reigns. He does. As he is, so are we in the earth. It's like the old preacher said, Someone said, well, I'm doing good under the circumstances. He said, what are you doing under there? You're supposed to be on top of them. You're not supposed to be under anything. He made you the head and not the tail, above and never beneath. Come on. 
Yes. Okay. True humility. Yes. Say that again. True humility. True. Being is agreeing with who God says you are. Yes. True humility is not is not humbling ourselves about our sin about that we're sinners. True humility is seeing ourselves and declaring, not just seeing. See, that's where that's where we miss it. That and this is what the Lord is saying to my heart. It's not enough to know it. You got to declare it. The power is in the declaration. Adam didn't just know the animals. He declared who they were. And today, those animals have those names because Adam declared it. God didn't just know what the earth would look like and what men would look like. God declared. It was in the declaration that the power was released. And the same thing is so. True humility is not just knowing that I'm forgiven. True humility is declaring I am, I am a son because of what Jesus did. So we've been taught so much that humility is when you humble yourself, I'm just nothing, I'm just a worm. No, what you're doing then is making more of your carnality than you are Jesus' victory. It's a huge difference, huge, huge difference. And it's been taught in the church as humility, and it's not. It's arrogance, because what we're saying is this, that what I did supersedes what he did. That's not humility. That's ignorance and arrogance all wrapped up in one ball. That's just my opinion, but it's right. That's where I stand anyway. Well, I had notes, but they didn't seem to make it to my iPad, so that's okay. I don't need them. Romans chapter 8. Let's go there. We're already in uh, 5. Let's go to 8. There's something that I want us to see here around. uh, No, don't do that. Come back. I won't be long. We've got a baptismal service today. I'm excited. Romans chapter 8. We've shared this many times before, but the Lord just began to weave it all together as I was uh, meditating on this this week and then in worship today with that song. And you know what's so cool about today? And I don't know if Mel knew this or not, but the majority of our songs talked about the Spirit of God and that one where we talked about Come again with fire and with wind. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Did you know that? 50 days after Easter is Pentecost. Something monumental happened on that day. And as we were in worship and the presence of the Lord was moving so strong, I don't, yeah, I, 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 here's what I like. Signs that point me to him. Yeah, we use signs. We, in every area of life, we use signs. But when signs happen in the church, people wig out. They're scared they're going to be deceived by a sign. But they go down the road and they'll, you know, we're going to leave here and go to a baptismal service. You're going to have to use signs to get there. I have directions that tell you what signs to look for on how to get there. But you've got to look for signs to get there. And then when signs come, when the Lord shows up in certain ways and we see a sign, people go, oh, you can get deceived if you follow signs. Those same people would be lost in the world if they didn't use signs. Isn't that sad that we're more convinced that the devil can deceive us than we are that Jesus can lead us. That Holy Spirit can lead us. It's true. It's true. We're so much more convinced that the devil can deceive us than we are that God can lead us through his spirit. Romans chapter 8. Therefore, brethren, verse 12, we are not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So how does that happen? By the spirit. 
See, I'm not talking about licentious living. I'm not talking about just, just do whatever feels good and do it. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. As we learn to live by the Spirit, he said this, that there's an abundance of grace and you will reign in life. For as, verse, uh, verse 14, listen to this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So last week as I finished speaking, I began to just meditate on son of man. And I began to meditate even deeper in that is that we're not just son, a son of man any longer. We're a son of God. We're a child of God. <clears throat> that word son there in the Greek, the, uh, one of the root meanings of it is the one who's dependent upon another as to follow them. Yes, as sons of God, there's a place of authority, but there's a place of dependence. <laughs> it's that John 15, I'm connected to the vine. And that my life, the life that I have flows through the vine into me. Hmm. And through that, we get to represent him to the world. Represent, represent him to the world. John, um, uh, Romans For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to what? Come on. But you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together What did Jesus suffer? He suffered sin for us as in our place. But before that, he suffered persecution. I'm going to tell you, if you start declaring you're the righteousness of God and you start living not from your past, but from his future for you, his destiny in you, everybody won't like it. Everyone won't like it when you refuse to live from your past. But what you have to do is make a decision that they're not the Lord of your life. They only have the authority to speak into your life that you give them. Verse 18, For I consider the sufferings of this present time not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. Where? When we all get to heaven, what a day that will be. When my sweet Jesus, we get to see. Is that what it says? No. It's not what it says. Well, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the creation is eagerly waiting for the revealing, the revelation of the sons of God. Let me share one other passage of scripture and I'll, I'll uh, we got a couple things we're going to get through early today. That's always dangerous when I say that. I'm sorry, I'm trying. I'm trying to go, but I can't get out of Romans 8 just yet. Verse 21 says, Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty 
of the children of God. Do you see that there's amazing opportunity in front of us that creation is groaning for, that creation is waiting for, and that's for the children, the sons of God, to stand up and to see what he sees and to save what he says so that we do what he did, he does. Um, Verse 22, for we know the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains until now. Uh, Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even ourselves, groan within ourselves. (laughs) Wow. Okay, Galatians 3. I'm going to go because I'll keep reading in Romans 8. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as, of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave or free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What was Abraham's promise? He said, you're going to be blessed in your going. He said, everywhere your foot trots, I'm going to give you. I mean, if you study the blessing of Abraham, he was prosperous. He was laden in silver and gold and cattle and all of those things. There wasn't lack in Abraham's life because of what? Abraham listened and he followed. It wasn't because he kept the law. It was before that. It was because he was obedient to the voice and the leading of the Lord. Now, we don't have the Spirit of God outside leading us. We have the Spirit of God in us, dwelling with us and directing us. That's rich. That's rich. Galatians 3.26, he says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We have done what? We've put on Christ. So when the Father sees us, who does he see? Christ, because we've put on. We've been robed in what? Righteousness. See, we have to get up and look in the mirror and see ourselves like he sees us. In Christ, robed in righteousness. Come on. That's good stuff. I I know I said one other scripture, but. I meant to say this one first, so it doesn't count that I said one other scripture. <laughs> I've used this one quite a bit lately, but Roman, I'm John 12, 1, 1, 12, John chapter 1, verse 12, says, As many as received him, to them he gave the right. That word right there literally means the authority to become children of God, sons of God, same word, sons of God to those who believe into his name. The word in there literally means into his name. John 3, 16, for whosoever shall believe into him. Into him. It's a position that we take in him, in his righteousness, just as condemnation came through one man. See, here's what I want, uh, uh, my goal, is that our attention goes from us to him. 
Because when we look at the one man, Christ Jesus, and that he's the one who makes us justified, he's the one that makes us righteous, then we'll speak from a different position. We won't speak to the problem uh, about God. Uh, We won't speak to God about the problem. We'll speak to the problem about what God has said. We'll make the declaration. And we're not making God do anything. God has said, here's the authority I've given you. Just use what I've given you. Does that make sense? I hope so. It makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> In my world, it's, it's wonderful. But John, he said this, As many as received him, he gave them the right, the authority to become sons of God. My plea today is this, that we believe God's word over our past experience. We believe God's word over our past mistakes. Let me, I'm going to help you. We believe God's word over our past victories. That we don't stop short of God's best just because something good happened. I believe many times that can hinder us as much as focusing on the past as we'll look at, and we should celebrate victories. We just shouldn't camp there. We should celebrate victories, but we don't camp there. Yeah, you know, I, I just looked up and saw Coach back there. And in, in football, you celebrate victories, but you can't go into the next game celebrating that victory. You better go in that next game prepared and ready. It doesn't make light of the victory. It just, we don't just, we don't camp there. Are you with me? And the way that we don't camp there is we look at Jesus because he is altogether lovely. He is altogether lovely, and he has made us righteous. He's justified us. And I've shared this, just as if I'd never sinned. So true humility is not looking at our mistakes. It's looking at Jesus' victory. It's looking at, in all of our humanity, it's looking at his deity and his victory and saying, I choose to live from that place because as he is, so am I in the earth. And my God reigns. So if God reigns, and as he is, so am I, then that means no circumstance or situation can reign over me in life. Because I'll receive an abundance of grace. I choose today to receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. So I reign in life with Christ Jesus. That's a declaration that I make. As he is, so am I in the earth. I reign in life because of Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Wow, he is. I, this just, I don't, I don't know where I heard it, but it just keeps every day just about, I just declare he's better than you think. So we got to change the way we think. He's better than we think. So we have to change the way we think. And we have to align with with who he is and what he's saying. Because as we do, here's, here's the, the, the real goal of this. As we do this and our attention is on him, then we'll be able to see others and not just ourselves. Then our attention won't be consumed by us. Because if we're caught up in self-righteousness or trying to be righteous by self, then our attention is on us all the time. We're always evaluating our actions and our attitudes. 
Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. That's true. But when we set our eyes on him, and we know that the righteousness that we have comes through him, then we can get our eyes off of us, and we can look up. And you know what happens? We'll see the fields that are white unto harvest. And we'll understand, just as I'm a spirit being that's been made new, there are others who need to be made new also. And that's what they're crying out for. So then I can enter into where he said just as that uh, we're heirs and joint heirs if we suffer with him. That means I can enter into who he is and I can go out and I can share who he is. And not everybody will like that. And we go, you know what? I'm willing to walk that because of the great price he paid for me and made me the righteousness of God in him. So I choose to believe what he knows about me over what others may say about me. You'll walk differently. You'll walk differently. 